this is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. I just simply want to tell everyone how much I love you guys and just how much it is a privilege to be your pastor here today. Today's message hopefully will be something that you can take with you and you can chew on it because that's what the Lord has done with me this week. I've chewed on it and chewed on it. So I know that this is a good message because I'm still chewing on it, okay? But uh, this is something that we hear about and we kind of sing about. We sung about it today. But it's something maybe we don't hear as often as maybe we need to at times. And so today, the message is all about Christian rewards. And so again, I welcome all of you here to our service. If you are watching online, drop us a comment. Let us know where you're watching from, how best we can pray for you and connect with you. But the message title today is Christian Rewards. And so I want to say this as loud as because I can be a little loud. And I want to say this as passionately as possible, okay? You guys ready? All right. Living the Christian life is a blessing, not only for now, but also for the future. Amen. Amen. That's my opening line, and I'm sticking with it, okay? Now, before we get too deep into everything today, I want to talk to you a little bit about an idea, a theological idea, construct, if you will. It's called salvation. I want to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to talk about what we're going to be talking about today. But I felt like hopefully this will give some clarity for the message today. We believe that salvation is a free, F-R-E-E, free, you didn't pay for it. The government sure didn't pay for it. It is a free gift from God. Amen? Amen. Give God praise for that. Amen. <laughs> now, we didn't do anything to earn it, and we didn't do anything to deserve it. So there is no good works or human efforts that we can earn salvation on our own. It is only because of the grace of God that we have salvation through Jesus Christ. Give God praise for that. Amen. And the reason we know that is in this passage in Ephesians, it's chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. And it says this, for it is by grace you have been saved and through faith. And this is not from yourself. So I want you to point to yourself. Okay. This is not from you. <laughs> This is the gift that God gives to you. It is the gift of God. And it's not by works so that no one can boast. Now that should preach just all on its own. Amen? Amen. I mean, I kind of just looked at that and read that. and You know, I just pondered that for a long time. It's got great depth to it. But salvation is necessary because every one of us at some point have probably fallen short of the glory of God. Some more maybe than others. And all are in need of forgiveness. 
That's including your pastor. That's including the person sitting next to you. We're all in need of these things. And it's only through faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross, who took our sins, who took our shame, who took our blame, and all of those things. He took all of that for you and for me. And he's here with us today because he didn't just die with our sin. He is resurrected. He is alive. He is God. And he's here and he's ready to work today. Amen. Did all of that so we can be made right with God. This is the basis of this idea called salvation. You know, in the church when people go up to you and they're like, are you saved? Well, that's what that means. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship? Are you saved? <laughs> so we praise God for that. I want us to remember this idea because if I went into the topic without, I think, talking about this, you may think that I'm thinking that this is where we get salvation from. But I want to make this very clear. Salvation is by grace and through faith alone, not by works. But yet, you're saying, Pastor, we're talking about Christian rewards. So where does that come into all of this? <laughs> and so Christian rewards is not like the rewards program at Speedway, where after you fill up at the pump for so long, you get so much off or you get so many coffees free, which is what I do. Because why not? It's free coffee. you got to take advantage of that. But Christian rewards, what we're going to be talking about here today, I want you to know this. Your works do not earn you your salvation. Amen? The works that you do and fulfill by faith and obedience and love and grace and holiness and righteousness of God, these works that you do, do have a reward. The reward... May not be something that you see in life today, but the reward is eternal. Remember when I started the message just a moment ago and I said, living the Christian life is a blessing, not only for now, but also for the future. So I'm excited about the word of God today. Are you excited about this message today? I want you to stand and we're going to be able to dive into this a lot more today. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8 through 15. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8 through 15. I don't know who this is for today, but I really do believe that this is a powerful word, one that will help propel us in our mission and vision in our lives and obedience into the Lord. So let's dig into it here today. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says, the one who plants... And the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Christ Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to life. 
It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Let's bow our heads to that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just simply ask that you anoint this time and the word together. Father, help me to deliver this word. Help me to be able to speak it in such a way to where it's understandable. But Lord, help us to be able not just to keep it in our heads. Lord, this is a message that I believe that we also need to keep within our hearts. And so Lord, open up our hearts in this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated today. All right, so what does this passage reveal to us today about rewards? Well, number one, if you didn't get it, Every believer will be rewarded according to his or her own labor. We see that in verse 8. I'm going to give you a minute to read that again. But every believer will be rewarded according to his or own labor. Number two, we are laborers together with God. And this is in verse 9. We are laborers together with God, not for salvation, but for service. Remember, salvation is a free gift from God. Free. You don't even have to have one of those little gas cards. It is free in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 11 says this. In a nutshell, we are to build on Jesus Christ as our foundation in life. On Christ the solid rock. I stand. No other ground, no other ground is as good as Jesus' foundation. And number four, we have a choice of two kinds of building materials in life. Okay? Now, I know for some of you, and if you're doing construction or work at your house, Michael, he's, he, he does work all the time in construction, so he knows all about materials. And so, finding the right material helps you get the job done right. Amen? Amen. And so, in life, we have two sets of materials that we can build with. We can build with gold, silver, and costly stones. And some of you are like, I don't have that, Pastor. I don't have any gold and silver and costly stones. But then there's also these other materials. Wood, hay, and straw. Some of you are like, oh, that sounds a little bit more my speed. I got some of that. Well, let me just speak to you for a moment. These are metaphoric materials. These materials that we're building are helping to build bridges, helping to build things within our lives that are going to be eternal. And so what Paul is simply saying isn't that you need to go and get in debt and buy these fancy materials to build something. No, what he's saying is you need to be able to take each moment that you're given, each second, and apply the value of what that moment is. You need to apply the value of that being with this person, of being in this situation, because you can build things in the name of Jesus Christ using his eternal materials. 
But oftentimes, there's another set of materials that we like to use. Materials of wood, hay, and straw. Wood, hay, and straw can help build things. But have you ever seen a hay house that has lasted longer than, I don't know, a day, two days, a week? Anyone build a house out of hay? Just wondering. Anyone build your house out of straw? I know there's some woodwork involved. But even wood, after a period of time, it can go bad. These are materials that are temporary. And that's what he's trying to get across in this passage. Eternal materials. What's, what's the streets of heaven made of? Gold. Part of the pearly gates. Silver. And then on those gates are some of the fanciest stones that you have ever seen or never seen. Because some of them are so rare in this life today. Yet God uses this as street pavement as stuff to decorate a fence, <laughs> a gate. We have a choice to build things that are eternal in our lives, things that are temporary. And that's where I think I want us to go today within the message. So you guys still with me on all of this? Okay, amen. Do this, all right? That way I know you're with me. I want to start with a story real quick. There's a minister who told me this story. He actually, he was sitting at the bedside of a friend and he was dying. And as the friend was talking about going to heaven, going home to the Lord, the tears just began to fill his eyes. You see, he knew this man. He had been ministering to him. And, and, and it took a while for this young man to be able to come to the Lord, but he eventually did. He came to the Lord, but now he was in a place where he was dying and he didn't have much time. In fact, I think they gave him just a week to be able to live. And the minister was, was talking to this man. He thought that he was afraid to die. Because the tears just started to flow down his face. And so the minister was trying to speak words of encouragement to him. And then the young man turned to the minister and he says, it's not that I'm afraid to die. I'm not ashamed to die because Jesus Christ is now my savior. I don't stand afraid to die. But here's the thing. I'm just afraid to meet Jesus empty handed. You see, he had led his life building all kinds of things with wood and hay and straw. And as we just read about in the passage in Corinthians, he was saved. He's going to see the Lord. He's going to be with Jesus. But the thing of it is, he felt like he would be going empty-handed to his Lord. And I want to tell everyone in the house of God today that you don't have to live your life like that. You see, Christians can live and be crowned with a victory in their life through Jesus Christ. And sometimes the Christian's reward, it's called a prize. But several times in the passages of the Bible, it's called a crown. Crown. In fact, we're going to talk about several crowns today. So I'm going to use my sermon illustration. The only place that I could afford crowns was at Burger King. 
So this is not what you're going to get in heaven. This is just an imitation of what a crown is. But I have some crowns here today. So the first crown that we're going to talk about here in the Word of God, and many of you may know this, okay? It's called the crown of life. How many of you have heard of the crown of life here today? And so if this was going to work the way that I would want it to to stick, I could put this on my head. But crowns are what the Lord gives to us as rewards for what happens in this life. Because what you do in this life, it does matter. It has purpose. There's meaning. And I don't think that everything is just set out and thrown out into the universe and we'll see how it goes. God has direct plans for you and for me in everything that we do. The crown of life is mentioned here in James chapter 1 verse 12. And the crown of life is talked about this way in the passage. It says blessed. means you're blessed. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. How many of you have been under trials lately? You've been under suffering of trials. You've been under some things. It says blessed is the one who preserved under trials. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Those are not my words. It's what the Bible says. The crown of life is also sometimes called the lover's crown. And we find strength to overcome temptation and endure trials through the love of God. Because without God's love within our hearts, trials can often leave us bitter. Trials can often leave us to where we want to have nothing even to do with the faith. But trials are what God helps set within our lives to be able to refine us. It says in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, I love how it says this. It says, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you that the devil will put some of you in prison and test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you your life as a victor's crown. Victor's crown. We all have a life that we can live. But this crown, in order to receive it, you have to love the Lord more than anything else. Even Jesus said in Mark 8 35, he said it this way He said, For whosoever wants to save their life, lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel save it. Folks, we must live for Christ. We must endure the temptations and trials in this life. For if we do, there's power in the love of God that can help sustain us and help give us a foundation to build. Give God praise for that. Next crown I want to talk to you about is called the crown of rejoicing. 
the crown of rejoicing. How many of you like to rejoice in life? Three, four, five. Few, few people. Okay. <laughs> A few people. This is all about the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing is mentioned in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verses 19 through 20. And this is what it says. It says, for what is our hope? Which is a good question. What is your hope? What is your joy? And then it says, for the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. What is the crown of rejoicing? Well, the crown of rejoicing is called the soul winner's crown. You see, the greatest work that we're privileged to do in this life isn't just to go and clock in at a nine to five job. That's part of life. I'm not going to deny hard work. I'm not going to deny any of that. It's the greatest privilege in life, though, is the thing underneath the thing. What you do with your life. How you use that life to speak and proclaim the name of Jesus to others. I know the church, it seems, in modern times, struggles with the idea of evangelism. It struggles with the idea of actually Going out of your comfort zone and telling somebody about Jesus. You might as well as ask someone to shoot themselves in the foot sometimes. You might get more of a reaction that way. I know they would. I wouldn't want to do that. But in the scriptures, it talks about evangelism. Why do we need to win souls? And when I mean that, we're not winning them to a cause or to a purpose. We're winning them to the Savior who is Jesus Christ. It's not like persuading someone to be a part of a social club. It's about experiencing the real and divine power of God and working and transforming and moving in their life. The stuff that we shout hallelujah about every Sunday is the same thing that we should be able to invite others into as we live our lives. And so this crown is the soul winner's crown. Why do we win souls? In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says this. It says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. I mean, he was even poetic to let it rhyme, okay? Wise to save lives. You see, your life matters. The fruit that you plant in your life matters. Righteousness does matter. Living a holy life matters. Being intimate with the Lord in prayer and scripture, it matters. All of that matters because it culminates in understanding that your life can be planted like a tree. And your life can be the life to help save another person. Some of you here today or like, I don't know about this whole saving business. That's not me. That's not my fault. I just like, you know, doing my little church thing and, and my little church groups. And that's good enough for me. But the scriptures even say, even in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, they said that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And the one who's wise saves lives. Don't you want to save a life in your life today? Amen. Don't you want to save a life? 
The other reason I believe we need to win souls is because we need to have a work that's against sin. <laughs> sin is what will send people to hell. It's very simple. And I know people don't like hearing that or talking about that, but the truth of the matter is, is that sin leads people to hell. But life in Jesus, where your sins are forgiven, life in Jesus, where the grace of God surrounds you, life in Jesus, through faith, through him, leads to eternal life. And James chapter 5, verse 20, it says it this way. Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. Amen? Amen. Here's one of my favorite reasons why we need to evangelize. Why we need to be excited about it. Luke 15, 10. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Give God praise. He rejoiced over you. Give God praise. He rejoiced over the person next to you. Give God praise. Because it's a celebration. And I, I don't know, but that just helps spurs me. Because I like, I like to party. But probably not in the way that you think. I love to celebrate the things that God does. And I love to be able to celebrate with the presence of the angels as they celebrate and party <laughs> in heaven over one person who repents. So it's a cause for joy. Lastly, we need to win souls because every soul winner also, it shines as bright as the stars that we talked about in our passage today. In Abraham, it says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, those who are wise, notice who you have to be wise to also be a soul winner. There, there's some wisdom in that. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness are like the stars forever and ever. You think about how you were led to Christ. You think about that your mother or your father, you think about a grandparent, you think about maybe someone in your family, you think about maybe a friend who was so close to you, you think about the person that helped lead you to Jesus, and then you begin to think about how, because you were led to Jesus, how you can lead someone else to Jesus, and then it just begins to unfold like stars in the sky. I've seen so many that have come into the presence of the Lord. You have that possibility and potential through Jesus Christ. Because as we talked about today, God has no limits, just possibilities. And he has a possibility of knowing that you in your life, yes, you, you may not be able to go know how to talk. I, I can't talk good. Uh, I don't know the Bible enough. I don't know how to lead a Bible study. You know what? God will help you all in all of that if that's where he leads you. But it's very simple. All you got to do is tell people what God is doing for you in your life. What has Jesus done for you in your life? And you begin to plant seeds. And then you begin to check on that seed. You begin to call those people that the Lord places on your life and say, Hey, I'm checking in. I talked to you last week about Jesus. You care if I talk to you a little bit more? Maybe, just maybe, <laughs> as you plant more seeds in people's life, 
they themselves will be able to see the value of knowing God, experiencing God, seeing there's something different about you. You used to go out and party all the time with the, all the, the alcoholics and all the other drunks, and, and now you're, you're telling me about Jesus. That's something that speaks to people. That's something that speaks to people. And so we win souls. We have to set the example ourselves. We lead others to Christ with our mouths because we need to be able to witness verbally for Jesus, trusting his Holy Spirit to give us power. We win souls also through our giving. I'm loving next month because we have a picture of the world in the back of the sanctuary. Some of you are like, well, where did that come from? Or would we have that? It's a reminder that your alabaster monies that we're going to be collecting next month goes into all parts of the world to minister. Your giving makes a difference. We win souls by offering up ourselves to the Lord and saying, Lord, I don't know what you have for me today. Here I am. Use me. And if you offer up that prayer, God will answer that. Amen? Amen. Give God praise. Amen. All right. I got another crown for you. This next crown is called the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness. How many of you have heard of the crown of righteousness? I know I was talking to some people this week about all the crowns. Uh, one, one of them was like, I just thought it was one crown and all the same. <laughs> and maybe that was your misconception, but there's many crowns. Our third crown we're going to talk about today is the crown of righteousness. This is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. It says this in the scriptures. It says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I'm going to set our third crown right here. The crown of righteousness. So what makes this crown different? Well, you see, the crown of righteousness is earned by believers who eagerly anticipate the second coming of our Lord and Savior. How many of you are anticipating the Lord that one day he will split that sky? He's coming again. Amen. Amen. It's for all of who believe in the second coming. You know, Paul said this in 2 Timothy. Uh, the verse before, uh, chapter 4, verse 7. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. And then he went on to say what he did in 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You see, in the realm of spiritual warfare, Paul had won the battle. But he could also say this. Well, I've won the battle and I'm done. I've put in a good fight. It's, it's been a good ministry. Um, many were saved and wrote some books in the Bible. I think I did pretty well for myself. Praise God. He can step down. <laughs> but Paul wasn't that kind of person to just get to a place and say, okay, that's it. Thank you. Good night. I'm done. 
Hallelujah. There's this word with Paul in all of his epistles. And he makes good note of it even in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. This is what he says. He says, by being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean for us here today? It means that Paul didn't just stop being faithful to the Lord because he achieved so many things. He says, I'm going to be faithful until the very last breath of my life. And so he reminds us here, even in Philippians, that there's a work to be done and that needs to be completed until the day the Lord takes us. Whether he takes us in this life, he takes us when he comes back again, there's a work to be done. And in Acts chapter 20, he even, he preached it this way in 24 through 31. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Amen. And then he says, and now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Next verse. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Amen. And then he goes on to say, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you day and night with tears. The crown of righteousness is a crown that's about the perseverance of the faith. It's not about getting to a certain point and you stop and you're done. Because when you love Jesus more than your own life and with all of your heart, with all of yourself, there is no stopping. There's no stopping. But there is perseverance. Give God praise. He gives us the means to be able to do that. The next crown is one that you've probably heard of as well called the crown of glory. The crown of glory is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. It says, and when, the, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This crown is important for us as Christians and as believers because the crown of glory is a special crown of faithfulness and of obedience. It says that the chief shepherd himself gives it. It's an eternal crown and doesn't fade away. And yet even believers can share within this crown because this is a crown that's usually reserved for those who accept the call of ministry. But here's the thing. Anyone can accept the call of ministry into their life. And the Lord is leading them to lead a life of ministry. For some, when I talk about that, that means, oh, do I have to be a preacher or a pastor or a missionary? No, not necessarily. It just means you got to be obedient to what God is leading you. It could be that you need to be a minister to your ladies group that you meet with on Thursday nights. 
It could be that you need to be a minister to the people that you work with. And so every time you take a break, you have an opportunity to share the Lord with somebody. It could be that you just need to learn how to minister to those around you in your own neighborhood and family. And this is the reward, is the crown of glory. This is re rewarded and earned by feeding the church, taking the spiritual oversight of the ministry, and being an example. And that is what we call doing ministry pastorally. Pastors are to walk with God by faith. They're to be spiritual leaders. And I praise God for this. God's not done calling people into the ministry. Amen? Give God praise for that. Amen. All right. We're on our last crown. And this is the crown of everlasting. The crown of everlasting. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? You need to run in such a way as to get the prize. Amen? Amen. Amen. I think that can preach real good, just that one verse. But this is a crown that is for the victorious living that we have the opportunity to partake of every day within our lives through Jesus Christ. This is a special crown for us here today. And so as we look at this crown and its implications within our lives, I kind of think of the Greek games where the competitors would run uh, for a temporary crown. Oh, it'd be much fancier than my Burger King crowns for sure. But the crown that was given to those that were awarded and, and, and winning that, it was temporary at best. Even today within our Olympic Games, did you know that some of those Olympic medals are found in places like pawn shop stores, thrift stores. You know how hard it was for that person to win that gold medal and now it's in like a Las Vegas, you know, pawn shop for like 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever the, the worth of the value of the medal was? They don't value that by the blood and the sweat and the tears that went into that. They value it just by that little piece of metal that it has. And how sad is that? But folks, today, you don't have to send your, your crown to a pawn shop somewhere just so you can scrape 50 bucks or something like that. Praise God, he's got your crown in heaven and glory for you. Give him praise for that. Now, the crown of everlasting is a crown that... We have to, in our lives, deny ourselves of anything that would hinder us in sin and against the glory of God. We have to deny those things. And we have to keep our eyes focused and fixed on Christ. We have to find our strength in the Lord. We place all of our all on the altars that we have. And we must, by faith, refuse anything that would impede spiritual progress. There's no way to win this crowd and be a spectator in the crowd. You can't just sit in your spiritual lazy boy and let everybody else do all of the work. And you're just content to stay comfortable. 
We must enter the race to win. This time I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here today. When the Lord laid this message on my heart and my life for this week to preach, you know, it's, it's something in knowing about the crowns, it's something about learning about the crowns, but when you begin to see that what you do in this life matters, and I know I've preached that in different ways, but it hit me so much harder this week. What you do in this life really does matter. In fact, these little paper crowns just represent the crowns that you'll have in glory. When you see Jesus one day, in the scriptures it says that he has crowns that he wants to crown you with. Remember how we talked about that? We didn't earn or deserve salvation. We didn't do anything to do that. We didn't die on the cross. Jesus is the one who died on the cross. We didn't take the beating. Jesus is the one who took the beating. And much just like my story of the pastor who was trying to console this young man who was dying and did die, his wife, he felt, was so sad because he never took the opportunity. He never took the opportunity to plant something in his life that was going to have an eternal foundation. So, we're here today. And I, I just think that the Lord has been at least speaking to me. Today I want to open up just our altars here today. We're going to have the worship team sing this song here today. I will serve thee because I love thee. How many times in the church do we say I love God? But we never tell anybody about Jesus. How many times do we ever say, oh yes, Lord, I love you. We never, we never mention his name other than in church sometimes. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and I believe that today is the day that we can come back to the heart of God. I don't know about you, but as fun as these Burger King crowns are, and they are fun, I think I never want to have a paper crown in eternity. So today, let's just come before the Lord. Let's just be open to Him. As we sing this song, if you just want to worship where you're at, if you want to come and pray, I'm going to be here. I'm going to pray with you. Your life matters. You have purpose. God wants to reward you in your life. Let's, let's sing today. I
different aspects of how we live our life. And Lord, I don't deserve any of it. I would say, we would all say that. 
But Lord, what a, what a way to be able to praise you here today and knowing that your love doesn't just stop at a certain place. It doesn't, it's not just for here in the temporary. God, you've thought all of this through into the eternal. And so we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, that you've met with us here today in your house. Lord, we, we look forward to fellowshipping as we eat together and fellowship and dine. Father, we just simply ask that you touch our time of being together. We pray this in the name of Jesus, all God's people said. Amen. 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 You guys are dismissed today. I love you all. God bless every single one of you.